everybody, welcome back to part two of issue 93 of Nintendo Power being covered on this, the Nintendo Playing With Power podcast, the Nintendo Power Retrospective podcast. Easy for you to say. (laughs) If only it was. I'm your host, who has still not quite figured out how to host, Mike. And joining me as someone who has only been on here for a few episodes and clearly has their shit together better than I ever will, Ivan. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, and we are continuing issue 93 of Mario Kart 60... Wait, did I say three? Fuck me. Part two <laughs> of the Mario Kart 64 coverage issue. However, we're not talking about Mario Kart. We've been there and done that. Now we are talking about one of our favorite segments, the Shadow of the Empire comic. That's right. Starting off with an epic drawing of Luke holding his lightsaber just in the most strategic place possible. Like, this guy's got a fucking tripod of light. (laughs) Well, he's he's definitely got his swing hammer out and ready. And he is, well, he's he's blocking a shot which would have taken out his kneecaps, so no good for him. you got, you got to protect your joints, because they're going to be looking out for you when you're old. Uh, well, no, not really. I mean, when he's old, he's just going to be uh, able to project him, his joints onto a, another planet, and spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that, that turns out that doesn't work so well. Using your force to teleport your ghost from your body while you're still alive, it uh, yeah. that, that equation doesn't quite work out. Not 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 in the manner that he might have been hoping for. But speaking, anyway, speaking of not working out, we've got three reptilian, like kind of like Klingon dinosaur dudes. It's like if if the Goombas from the Mario from the Super Mario movie were merged with the Klingons. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the one in the back right, where they've got a the a, the very graphic uh, depiction of a clearly severed arm at the elbow. <laughs> he, he's the the guy's looking down at it with this grimace of pain and shock, gesturing at it with his remaining hand. Is he, like he's oh my god, realizing like what his life will become now. <laughs> like, oh shit, man! I wipe with that hand. Yeah, and Luke. Clearly, at this point, doesn't give a fuck about him. He's turned his back on him entirely. He's like, yeah, you're fucked, dude. I'm moving on to this guy with the blaster. He's just like, dude, we live in an age where you can just put a robot on it. Look at me. I'm fine. <laughs> Get over it. I did. Well, well they, they must not have the medical and uh, financial resources of the rebellion in the Klingon Goomba hybrid camp. <laughs> And we got we got another guy who's not going to do so well because apparently Darth Vader's the only guy that had like the uh, the robotic chest replacement. <laughs> so the guy on the upper left is just completely fucked. He's just like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> he's ready to die. Yeah, he's got he, a well, slash of fire right across his chest. And the guy on the bottom, who if Luke doesn't stop his swing, he's going to decapitate this fucker. Well, I, I think that he might uh, prefer that, frankly, because if he doesn't finish his swing, he's about to teabag the guy. <laughs> well, it's... this guy is in a right position to just give him like an upper shot, an upper, an upper cut <laughs> right to the pebbles. Yeah. Oh well. 
So now we're going to be moving on to this, the climactic sequence of Nintendo Power's presentation of Dark Horse Comics' Shadow of the Shadows of the Empire graphic novel, in which the treacherous Prince Zizor meets his destiny. Yep, and you can find these Dark Horse comics at your local comic book specialty store. And they even give you a phone number to find a store near you. Yeah, I might have to check these out. These have been uh, fun to read, if not if nothing else to, to laugh at and to pick on. Oh, uh, yeah, so we begin with the Millennium Falcon coming in for a rough landing because it's not being piloted by any human. And in this, <laughs> strangely enough, in this world, you think robots would be tactically superior in everything because they have, you know, processors that can determine balance, ratio, angles. They have the power of perfect math on their side and instantaneous calculations. And yet C-3PO lands this ship like I would. Yeah, well, who would expect the programmer as one of the greatest pilots in the galaxy to be able to convey his knowledge to one of his creations? I mean, that's just crazy. He's like, no, forget those practical skills. I'm just going to teach him Ebonics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3PO was designed by Anakin Skywalker, one of the best pilots, and somehow... He never taught him any of that shit. He's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him my robo-butler. Yeah, it's like, my mom needs a robo-butler. He doesn't need, she doesn't need somebody that could actually, you know, pilot a ship to take us off this fucking planet. Do you think maybe, three, three, do you think maybe Anakin made 3PO to be like the sex bot for the mom? Ooh. Because he was tired of making small talk with strangers at the breakfast table? Wow. I never thought of it that way. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That would give new meaning to why... Uh, that would give a new explanation as to why Han Solo calls him Goldenrod. <laughs> yeah, and why he makes sure on his way out of town to go to Jedi school that he says, I'll make sure Mom doesn't sell you. <laughs> well, yeah, because he's just like, I, I didn't have time to completely outfit him, but... You know, I'm still waiting for that vibrating cock attachment that I can get from Watto. <laughs> I, I just, I just can't win that other race yet. The sex part race. <laughs> I gotta set mom up for the sex part race properly. I can't send her in with inferior equipment. <laughs> no, we don't. We don't want her to get tetanus in her bed. <laughs> we don't live in a world that has a vaccination program. <laughs> <laughs> Tatooine does not have a good STD treatment program. Oh, man. Strangely enough, they don't even have a good Tatooine parlor. Ah, uh, <laughs> So. On that we note. <laughs> we finally get uh, somebody saying, Mother of Madness, here they come. Dark! Luke Skywalker and his friends have less than five minutes to escape from Zizor's doomed palace. And we've got the perfect scraping sound. Yeah, because yeah, that's, uh, that, that's exactly what sound the Millennium Falcon would make as it directly rams a building in Coruscant. <laughs> I love everyone's gestures in this panel. We've got Clark Gable holding a fucking black... We've got Clark Gable dressed as a stormtrooper. <laughs> 3PO, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you, you big paloka. Well, Luke is just... Luke has turned into a fucking raging Italian construction worker. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that, that's his uh, pose as he's trying to stop the Millennium Falcon from doing more than scrape the building. <laughs> yeah, they don't. That's why he looks so shit. That's why he looks so fucking haggard. Two panels later, because he's just using all the force he can to stop this thing from colliding through the fucking building. But it, just the way his gestures are looking, it looks like he's just like, "Hey, you fucking goonball! What you doing over here? I'm trying to escape the fucking palace. Get your fucking shit over here, you fucking fuck!" I'm trying, Master Luke. The controls are somewhat sensitive. Cut your drives! Bring it in on the repulsors only! <laughs> and then we see Luke, who looks apparently all sweaty and haggard from preventing the ship from entering the building. Yeah, he's definitely showing the effort there. That's as good as he's going to get! Go! 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 <laughs> and then we get to see the landing gear crunch into the floor. And it nearly kills one of the guards. Who I, I'm assuming is I'm assuming that's Dash because he's wearing the hot dog bandolier. Yeah, he's got the hot dog shoulder pads. A very poorly drawn Dash. They they put all the effort into Luke in this scene. Yeah, the way he's drawn, his name is like more like douche. Ooh, yeah, next... zinger! I yeah. love Chewie's look like he's taking a shit as the <laughs> ship is landing. He's definitely in that uh, crouching position. Uh, well, he's scared. He's literally scared shitless. <laughs> that's because right. That's not. Like, a, I'm gonna. I'm gonna get killed by my home. That's not a crossbow that he's holding down there. That's just a puddle of brown that's come out from under him. <laughs> oh, so they say, let's get out of here, and then we get to see. Uh, apparently, yeah, Dash Render, who apparently hitched a ride on the outside of the ship. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, thanks for the ride, Luke. Hey, Lebo, you rust bucket, get those engines fired up. You ought to sign on with the Alliance, Dash. You're a good man. We could use you. Oh, I thought that was Dash's voice leading into this. Sorry. Yes, no, that's the, the more effeminate Luke. You ought to sign on with the Alliance, Dash. We could use a good man like you. Thanks, but I'm not much of a joiner. Reckon I've done my bit. If you try really hard, you can probably handle things from your own from here. Uh, thanks for the vote of confidence. Uh-oh, looks like we've got company. Lando, the guns. Unmarked Corvette and four fighters incoming. <laughs> I imagine, like, everything he's saying is seductive. Like, like <laughs> he right. would seduce a fucking X-Wing if he could. <laughs> I've got some fuel for you here. Let me just stick this hose inside this hole here. All right. And how out comes I the magic juice. How about I deploy you in a 69 position? Those aren't Imperial ships. Who are those guys? And then we see red ships fighting white ships. And then uh, someone says, good shooting, Dash. Oh, we move on to the next panel and we have our answer who this is. We have decoded the transmission from Prince Zizor to his fleet, my lord. The evidence I sought. He condemns himself. With a badass drawing of Darth Vader. That's impressive. Yeah, we're actually seeing like a modicum of talent here. And then we get the Super Star Destroyer, which looks kind of neat. It looks more like a giant space arrow, but... You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
<laughs> presumably your chair is squeaky. There was like a clown nose or something being honked. <laughs> That's a badass drawing of Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing a clown nose, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, taking us out of the out of the mood here. Let's let, bring us back in with that badass Darth Vader voice you do, Mike. Zazor has gone to his skyhook. Yes, Lord Vader. As soon as he comes into range, establish contact. I will speak with him. These guys don't care who they hit. They got They've us. Got us I assume that's Lando. Yeah. They've got us boxed in. Where are they all coming from? Hey, Luke! Oh. <laughs> Fuck, we're stepping all over each other. Hey, Luke! Mind if we join your party? You're Luke, so I guess you'd be saying... Rogue Squadron! Dash's droid sent a distress signal. Sorry it took so long to get here. We can use you, Wedge. Believe me, they're lousy shots, but there sure are a lot of them. God, he looks so effeminate in this picture. He looks like Alice from the... Uh, no, the mother from the Brady Bunch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Carol Carol Brady. Yeah, he is rocking this Carol Brady's 70s femme butch cut. It, it is not working for him. Yeah, it depends on who you're looking for, I guess. If you expect him to like break out into song and be like, keep on, keep on, keep on, keep on <laughs> dancing all through the night. So I was we, drawn this way. <laughs> and more uh, power to you, Luke. Anyway, they've got to be Zyzord ships. And we got an epic free-for-all shit fest here. We've got TIE Fighters, X-Wings, the Millennium Falcon, Superstar Destroyers, Rebel, Rebel Frigates. It Just is, explosions everywhere. Yeah, this, we is, got, uh, this is really good. We got Dash's lopsided ship. Symmetry works for so many of these ships, but Dash is just like, fuck symmetry. I'm going to have my <laughs> cockpit like a 10-minute walk from the center <laughs> of my ship. Directly off to the left, and nothing behind or to the right. Uh, so someone says, more bad news. Imperial TIE Fighters inward bound, a dozen at least. We got two rogues down! Wondered when they'd show up. Looks like this is the end. And then we get to see ships blowing the fuck up, saying, They're firing on our attackers. Lord oh. Vader, why is the Imperial Navy attacking my ships? You were warned to stay away from Skywalker, Zizor. You willfully disobeyed those orders. You have two minutes to recall your ships and surrender into my custody. I will not! Then you will pay the consequences. Wh what? You'll destroy my Skyhook? You wouldn't dare. I'll take this matter up with the Emperor. I speak for the Emperor, Zizor, and in this case, I will risk his displeasure. And no minutes have elapsed. <laughs> what appears to be... This appears to be no minutes have elapsed. That's what it looks like. Oh, well. Uh, no minutes have elapsed, my lord. His fleet is being obliterated, but still Prince Zizor remains silent. Carry out my orders, Commander. Destroy the Skyhook. And boy, do they. Oh man, somebody got on somebody's wrong side. They've just opened an escape, they've just opened us an escape hatch. 
Nobody's going to follow us through that wreckage. So they do what nobody should actually do in a space fight. And space fight and fly into the exploding shrapnel infused wreckage of a ship. <laughs> yeah, well, they probably got 3PO at the wheel right now. Yeehaw! Go for it, rogues! And I imagine that they lose about three ships due to all the shrapnel shredding their ships for that maneuver, but it looks cool. And then someone says, Oh, look out, Dash! And then we get. And then we get to see just the uh, the Millennium Falcon being washed away in light with Chewie and uh, Luke. Yeah, just covering their eyes from being blinded. And then Chewie, uh, to which Chewie, who obviously has a buzz cut. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, he, he's not very fond of fur, you know, so... He doesn't. Well, I guess he finally got on the ship, and we saw him in previous ships where he has like big, like massive pompadours and cowlicks. So it looks like he was tired of all that shit getting in his eyes. So as soon as he got onto the Falcon, like before he went to the cockpit, he just like grabbed the nearest buzz cutter. He just like grabbed Luke's lightsaber and just like took a little off the top. <laughs> yeah, he looks badass. He does. It makes it work for him, and he goes. Poor guy. He almost made it, too. So if Zizer was on the skyhook, I guess that puts an end to Black Sun trying to have Luke killed. So this wouldn't be Luke speaking unless he's talking in the third person. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> so now actual Luke, who apparently has a chin beard in this picture... But a chin beard, not made of actual beard, but a chin beard made of flesh. Oh. It's like there's a whistle growing out of his face. <laughs> yes, and I doubt that Vader wants me dead yet. I'll deal with him when the time comes. And then we got apparently a special guest appearance by Nathan Fillion. <laughs> holding a Devo hat. <laughs> so, what are we going to do now? I'm going to pose with my lights, lightsaber here and say, get Han. But apparently I'm going to be using my piss saber rather than my actual <laughs> green lightsaber that I, that I make in the movie. Oh, well, he's all, all manner of lightsabers. Piss, uh, Mountain Dew green. And then like Darth Vader with his code red saber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got Chewie with... They, they actually gave him an actual crop top by cropping the top of his head out of the last panel. Yeah, well, they, they took even more off the top and they didn't want to show that uh, exposed brain. Oh, well, I'm going to miss it. The end. This was a great dramatic reading and a fantastic <laughs> ending to well, the series. I, I Our it matched the artwork put into this movie. <laughs> Yeah, that one I'll agree with. I, I don't know how great the dramatic reading was, but it was fun. Uh, so let's move on to even better graphic animation, so to speak, from Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, Exploring the Lost Land. We've got Dinobot from Beast Wars just ripping Turok's guts out. Like, we're watching Turok die. This game is over right now. <laughs> we're seeing blood fly off this guy's 
ribs, so, and his armor's being shredded. So this guy took yep. a direct critical hit. He is fucking dead. I don't care what kind of first aid kit you got in there. Your organs are now internal and externally bleeding. Yeah, but he's got that knife in his hand uh, aimed straight at the dinosaur, and you can tell by that expression on his face, he's not the only one going down today. Yeah. So apparently we've got as much as we need to see in this uh, one screenshot. They take oh, each other out he's the end. Crippled too. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you got the one claw at the bottom just squeezing the kneecap of this guy. Blood spl- dripping out the bottom. Oh, wow. This is painful. This is a murder-suicide pact in action. <laughs> we just can't stand being in this god-awful game. <laughs> All right. I got an idea. We're going to take each other each out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And again, we got like a bright green background with white font. Yep. So who knows what they're saying here? I don't feel like trying to make it out. The first rule of survival in the Lost Land is don't talk about the Lost Land. Next game. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. about it. But we got to talk about Starman at the bottom of page 41 first. Oh, I thought this was like Lawnmower Man when he's in that weird gyroscope thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's got these uh, red and green circles around him like uh, he's in a 3D model of an atom with arrows <laughs> of uh, force, I guess, coming out. I don't, I don't know what, that, what he's supposed to be here. If Roger Corman directed the Silver Surfer Fantastic Four movie... <laughs> There you go. That's exactly what he is. It's a silver surfer with some sort of fucked up face. Oh, yeah. They, I, I don't. I gotta be honest. I don't really feel like spending too much time on this game. This just looks god awful. Blobs of yellow, blobs of silver. Here you got the this uh, dark yellow archer with a even brighter yellow background. I mean, is this uh, N64 Game Boy Color? I mean, this is just awful. <laughs> oh, it's an N64 because only only the N64 would deliver such crisp Dorito graphics. <laughs> I got to hand it to them for their Keys to the Future picture of uh, some sort of uh, <laughs> statue there. That, that's got some uh, level of detail on the front. It actually makes you buy that, that that somebody spent some time carving that if that was in the real world. It looks like we're watching like a a rough model outtake from uh, Legend of Zelda for the N64, Zelda 64, because immediately the guy's holding up the level 2 key like he just found the crossbow. <laughs> dun, da, da, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, old school style. Oh, man. who really holds anything up like that when they're when they find something? Oh, absolutely. I, I do that every time. Man. I lose my keys. I hold them up. My son looks at me like I've lost my mind. You know, it's life in our household. <laughs> you found the keys. You cannot access the car. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm at the car like, damn it. This door's supposed to work. Let me through. Have you found the big key? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that one is... Uh, Access is the my box of goodies in my closet. Yeah, every time you like you go into the bedroom to meet the wife and you meet her there, then you start like humming the boss music. 
Oh, you're not going to whip out your master sword, are you? Damn right I am. Excuse me. Yep, I found this dungeon's weapon, and I'm ready to put it to work. Oh, man. Yeah, more screenshots of a shitty game. Nice blurry picture of a T-Rex and it's uh, three dozen teeth on page 45. It just <laughs> looks like somebody took a Polaroid girl. shot of it. Yeah, this is the clever girl moment of Turok. When you think you've taken out all the little raptors and then the T-Rex just leans over from the side. Oh, you clever bitch. Yeah. That was the original version of the line. <laughs> if you look at his mouth closely. Oh, uh, yeah, there's not much to talk about this game, except for, like, one, we are hunting dinosaurs with apparently, like, a a, a, a rocket-propelled grenade Tommy gun thing. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, man. I'm up for that. <laughs> it is the only way to hunt dinosaurs, because why would you want to, like, t- just take a, di- a, jack ni- a bowie knife and just be like... Yeah, I'm going to hunt them on their level because I must commune with the forest and meet it on its terms. <laughs> That's right. If we're going to do anachronism, we're going to go the whole hog. All right. Yeah. So moving on from the dinosaurs to the other extreme, the Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. That's right. This time we're not talking about the poorly drawn comic. We're talking about the poorly depicted graphics of the game. <laughs> With Dash Rambo and his and his <laughs> armor of hot dogs, armored hot dogs. What kind of man wears armor hot dogs? It literally looks like he's got armor over a walking mannequin made up of hot dogs. I mean, there's just no other way to describe it. He's got his bare red ass hanging out like he's some sort of baboon. He's a mandarin in heat. <laughs> He is ready to fuck that drawing up on the wall. He's going to take a weapon of one sort or another to it. And then we've got, uh, I guess, what can only be a... A heat heat sensor uh, depiction. He's being hunted by the predator. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't know what that's supposed to be at all. It's green corridors with light green doors, and you just barely see what must be the the icons of the characters. Yeah, that's just that that mode should have been left out of the game. But I gotta hand it to the drawing of the space station just below it. It really makes the 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 bright green nothingness look like even greater shit because that <laughs> goes into some level of detail down below. Yeah, we've obviously seen what the in-game cutscene looks like compared to the poor excuse for an overhead map. That's right. Anyway. The N64 obviously had its strong points in one spot, but forgot to uh, compensate for the weak points in others. Although, we do... It does... It's polygonal attributes do do work for the uh, Hoth level. Because as long as you're not drawing people, which, you know, it incorporates some kind of curves. Mm-hmm. As long as you're using, like, just, like, edged vehicles. 
like the snow speeder and the at at walkers that's when this game really shines like we got a great technical readout here for the atst we got your health gauge you got your shield gauge and we got the uh, the at at walk the atat walker just shooting its red laser at you and they're just saying like good shot tow cable attack card attached oh attached attack card <laughs> that's okay attack card works too yeah, so they're, they're going to go into far greater detail than we are here. They got stage charts for the Battle of Hoth, Escape from Echo Base, Asteroid Field, Ord Mantel Junkyard, Gaul Spaceport, Moss Eisley and Beggar's Canyon, Imperial Freighter Suprosa, Sewers of Imperial City, Zizor's Palace, and the Skyhook Battle. So, I don't think we're going to want to get into that much detail, especially mm. since they're back to their uh, font that is only somewhat readable. With special song at the end by Adele. Welcome to Skyhook. Let the sky hook. <laughs> yeah. And we got a nice uh, shot of Dash running in his Predator leggings. Yeah, I got to give Dash credit here. Uh, this guy. He never a- skips. Le- he never skips leg day. This guy. You can see the muscle definition. Yeah, especially since he's wearing fishnets that are like piercing into his flesh he, he this guy is the star of of the gay bar yeah he, he looks like an action figure like there's there's no other way to describe the stiffness that this drawing conveys the the expression on his face that looks like it hasn't changed like ever yeah he, he does and, not look like he's running he looks like a ken doll that's been posed and he still got his armor, his hot dog armor over his regular armor. Oh man, this looks this looks like he's, but now he's like graduated from hot dogs to like croissants, <laughs> or buns. Yeah, his armor. Yeah, his uh, his baguette, uh, shoulder pads. <laughs> but I gotta hand it to the drawing in the bottom right hand corner. That's a nice looking up uh, or nice depiction of a couple of ships inside of a spaceport. Yeah, it would have been nice if it looked like that in either the game or the comic. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been fantastic. Oh, well. And then we get to see uh, (laughs) on the next page, page 49, Mm -hmm. Dash apparently wanders outside of the Matrix to meet the architect. (laughs) Standing on a metal plate looking into pure nothingness the absolute void of creation and then we get to see a weirdly designed lean over bike that he's on which I imagine it's kind of neat at first but if you're cruising for like an hour you gotta have a sore back from leaning forward like that or at least sore hands from having your palms support all your weight (laughs) <laughs> That's right. And not only that, but he's clearly going backwards because the air-blown hair is moving forward. <laughs> he's got this thing in reverse. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Everything about this, as much as you want to believe this game is good, every part of it, from the comics to the game to even the in-game art to, to, the, to the in-magazine art, tells you that this that nobody fucking cares about this game everyone's turned on to the playstation oh fuck it they'll just buy it because it's star wars just put it out uh and then several on uh i don't even know what page this one is because it doesn't even have the number 
But if you scroll past the Imperial Freighter Suprosa, you get to see a whole bunch of uh, X-Wings deployed in attack position. But on the next one, the Sewers of Imperial City, on the second insert, it looks like one of your enemies is the Pink Power Ranger. <laughs> oh my goodness. That That's unbelievable. I You can't yeah. really make that out, but there's no other way to describe it. And And all the other levels... Once you go through the sewers, then apparently you go through the waste treatment center because now you are going through the piss and shit water. <laughs> That's right. Do you miss the NES days when everything was orange? Well, all right, fine. We heard all your complaints. Mike, now everything is going to be urine yellow. You happy? <laughs> oh, sounds like you're in trouble. Oh. And we finally you're... get to see... <laughs> They're really powering through with these awful puns this episode. Uh, I'm inspired. I, I do like the one uh, shot of, uh, I guess it's Han Solo or whatever, uh, who's uh, taking a blaster straight to the crotch of this stormtrooper. <laughs> you know, that's Dash. <laughs> no, he's acting like, that's why when I was in the academy, they called me douche. Because no blow is too low for me. Yeah, well, I, I would buy that more if he uh, it was uh, using the blaster on the guy's backside. Uh, it's more like he they, I'm the cock of the walk that I'm kneeling on, you get it? Huh? <laughs> I'm going to aim this straight at your nether regions. Yeah, and then when you're inside the, the, the pea sewer, it looks like you finally get to see what the rest of the creature looks like that uh, attacked Luke in the garbage dump mm -hmm. in, the tr in the trash disposal we finally get to see what the rest of it looks like and it is basically a hentai monster nightmare <laughs> like, you, you know what? if this thing catches Dash he's going to be going where no man has gone before mm -hmm. you can see why they kept that out of the movie version yeah, we don't want to. Yeah, that's why Luke doesn't want to. Luke never talks about what happened in the trash compactor. <laughs> that's it, right. It was, well. it, it was brief, but he's just like <laughs> that would have been so. Oh fuck! That would have just been such a great addition to the uh, to the Star Wars where it doesn't show you what happened, but when he gets out, when he finally like emerges from the rubble and like they shoot into the water, and Luke when she finally he finally stands up, Leia's like, "Where the fuck are your pants?" That's I don't right. Want to talk, I don't want to talk about it. And thus began the most fucked up relationship in movie history. <laughs> uh, it all began in that one magical day where they both had PTSD from penetration in the most awful place. They put the STD in PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so I guess we're done here. We don't seem to have the... Uh, we have Zyzer's Palace, but no talk about the, uh, the Skyhook battle. And we don't even get to see anybody shooting or killing Prince Zizor, so we get to move on to the poster for Goldeneye. Which looks... I, I hesitate to say good. I mean, it, it. again, it looks straight drawn from the movie, but yep. that initial picture looks like they just zoomed in real close on the movie poster. It just explosion of yellow and red fire barely see Pierce Brosnan running out from inside of it yeah this isn't like no game footage at all this is just basically advertising the movie 
Yeah. Because it's only pictures from the movie. <laughs> because everything in the game looks terrible. Yeah. Again, you got a straight from the movie poster, Pierce Brosnan, Famke Jansen, and again, I, I'll call her the, the Bond girl because I don't know her name. Other girl. Other girl. Yeah. I, yeah, so I do like, like Famke Jensen was the only Bond girl. No, there was a few Bond girls like Ursula Anders. I think she uh, she well, went on to do other things. Famke Jensen wasn't a Bond girl per se. You know, Bond girl describes the one that he fucks. Oh, was she Money Penny? No, no, she was a uh, one of the villains. She was a uh, basically a sidekick. She was a a femdom sidekick to Sean Bean. Uh well, it looks like they're both fucking him, so. Yeah, yeah. She she wanted to. She wanted to fuck him and then kill him in that order. <laughs> anyway, well, we finally move on to the totally not discontinued Epic Center. <laughs> That's right. M- much to the much to the uh, encouragement slash disappointment of Mister Genovese. <laughs> Yes, with an N64 epics on the way, such as Enix's Wonder Project J2. I have uh, no idea what that is, but this game instantly looks great because this girl's got like uh, potato chip freshness clips <laughs> in her hair. <laughs> and gigantic pa- you know, potato chip clips, yeah, 100%. You got to so, keep the freshness of the brain. You can't <laughs> let any of that... Uh, air in otherwise the brain will get stale <laughs> well I'm gonna do a quick look to see what this one Enix's Wonder Project 2 and Wonder Project 2 Josette of the Corlo Forest is a 1996 video game for the N64 a Japan exclusive bishoujo and raising simulation uh-huh. Raising simulation, so... Well, raising simulation would be good, too, you know. So that would be like uh, like Animal Crossing? Or like just farm life? Either that or... Oh, fuck. What's that, that, that NES game where you just knock down buildings? You're a monkey or you're a lizard? Oh, Rampage? Thank you. Fuck. I can't remember anything anymore. <laughs> no, you. Uh, what the? What's the reception of this game? Famitsu gave it a 33 out of 40. Gamespot gave it a 5 out of 10, saying that the 3D sections felt awkward. But Nintendo Life praised the game. So apparently, the game doesn't quite look like this anime all the time. Yeah, the anime drawing of the girl is pretty good, anyway. Well, they said the project won't appear in North America at least anytime soon because it would require a lot more than a simple translation and frankly the game is just very static oh so that's why this looks great because it's not actually moving pictures uh-huh. in the game it is just simply a still image if it Most was the in, players if it was in the game it would look like this snapshot from again what they're describing as Nintendo's Zelda 64. Yeah, that's what the actual gameplay would look like. This one says, Most of the player's time is spent in a cartoon mode instructing a robot, the girl in the picture. Oh, so those freshness clips are like antenna or charging ports. <laughs> I imagine like those are what you attach jumper cables to to a charger up. Most of the player's time is spent in a cartoon mode. Very little use was made of the N64's graphic power. 
Well, maybe it's because the N64 doesn't really have much in terms of graphic <laughs> right. power. Yeah, like the best, the best game I've played for the N64 was Super was a Super was a Paper Mario, because it didn't try to go 3D. It went 2D, better uh, better than the uh, with with better resolution than the Super Nintendo did. Yeah. It says in one scene there's a 3D submarine and there's many areas in which you can move against cartoon illustrated backgrounds, but there's little of the sense of exploration commonly found in an RPG. Despite its shortcomings, Wonder Project is selling well in Japan. Enix's next N64 project, Go Go Troublemakers, should be full of action. And then we see Nintendo Zelda 64 where you're fighting a Stalfos. And then Dragon Quest III, the latest Super Famicom RPG craze, has deep roots. Dragon Quest III, originally an 8-bit Famicom game, recently appeared in a 16-bit format with enhanced graphics and sound. All right, so let me get this straight. So it was originally an 8-bit game, recently appeared in a 16-bit format, featured in a magazine that is focusing on the 64. Yep, so we're kind of like lily-padding through the past. (laughs) But it, this this is this game was originally released as Dragon Warrior, and for the NES in North America. Although the game remains essentially the same as the original, including the story and maps, the experience turns out to be much richer. In addition to the upgraded walkabout and battle scenes, Enix added sophisticated animations. We would like to report that the game will be translated into English, but it seems unlikely at this point. Oh my God, this is the cock tease Epic Center. <laughs> It's like, here's an N64 game, which looks great, but it actually doesn't look great, and you're not going to get it anyway. <laughs> yeah, the, the, these were not the, the banner years for the, for the Nintendo company. But I have to hand it to them. On the next page, they do have an epic picture of a cow. And just in case <laughs> you're that illiterate guy from before, they remind you what a cow says. <laughs> Literally with a... A balloon that has moo. <laughs> Talking about the game Harvest Moon. Rise and shine. Milk the cows. Harvest crops. Power shopping. Did you ever play Harvest Moon? No, and at this point, I'm rather glad that I didn't. Are you kidding? Look at this upper left insert where you're holding up a scythe like Link. <laughs> You're just like, dun-dun-dun-dun, I found the scythe. I can now finally reap the wheat. Oh, man. Thar's we have, plenty we of chores every day. got to make this a taste test game. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be your version of Zelda for Brandon. That's right. We got to have, we, only if Brandon likes this game. If Brandon likes this game, I will eat, take my medicine and get my just dessert. <laughs> That he can inflict on me, one hundred percent. I think I I think despite the graphics, I didn't want to play this game simply because uh, it doesn't seem to have an end. Like it's the same reason I never played Sim City or any of those other yeah Sim type games. Simply because like unless there's like a boss, like an end that like I just didn't see a reason to uh, to do it. Yeah, they literally say, build your farm, not your levels. You'll just go from spring to summer to fall to winter to spring to summer to fall to winter. Yeah, I was never into these kind of simulation games for much the same reason. I I mean, granted, I have played games like World of Warcraft 
which for all intents and purposes is endless. But at least in those kinds of games, you've got bosses, you've got, you know, overarching tasks. You can feel some sort of sense of completion. In this sort of world, I mean, if you're the kind of person that enjoys creating a world rather than going about a challenge that you can complete, then more power to you. But this wouldn't be for me. But there is one that looks pretty cool, and I recently found a translated version of this because it never did get released. Mm-hmm. But it just looks so cool, like like some of like the, the peak Super Nintendo RPGs. Yeah. And we just didn't get a translation because it came out too late. And it is called Marvelous. Three clever boys, a band of monkeys, a horde of treasure, and pirates old and new. These are the main ingredients for the unique hybrid that is, well, Marvelous. Foregoing the typical plot of evil wizards and world-ending events, this Japanese market sensation injects a bit of innocent fun into the epic scene. Where we have a cowboy, a nerd, and a uh, fat kid with a monkey on his head. You know what this looks like? This looks like a like if Alvin and the Chipmunks became human. It really does. You're absolutely right. Badass Alvin in the middle there. The nerd on the right that's blue that you can tell is a nerd because he's wearing glasses and pointing to his brain. Yeah, Theodore. And Theodore again wears No, that was Simon. That was Simon. Yeah, right. Simon. Theodore is green. Right. He's the fat one, green. Fat green, fat and dumb. Right. Alvin is red and full of adventure. Even their color scheme, they are they are definitely the fucking chipmunks. Yeah, they they got a ripoff going on here, one hundred percent. Marvelous combines the Legend of Zelda style adventuring with detailed puzzle elements borrowed from text based games. For Japanese gamers, it's in a category usually given over to dark melodrama, Marvelous has been a sprightly change of epic pace. So yeah, this sounds pretty good. Yeah, look at this. uh, Yeah, talk about fun. The talky interface is directly descended from a text-based type of RPG currently popular in Japan. These games are similar to make-your-own-adventure books where players are given a set of choices at critical points in the story. The choices may determine what will happen next and what the ultimate outcome of the adventure will be. Text games tend to be rather static, using cinema scenes to advance the plot but with little direct interaction. The beauty of Marvelous is that you get the freedom of movement of adventure games coupled with the greater detail and information of text games. It is very active and involved all at the same time. I love the drawing that's on page 55, as if they weren't sending a clear enough message of what the sidekick characters were. You've now got Simon, the nerd, holding textbooks, and you've got Theodore, the fat fuck, who is eating a sandwich while holding a bag of more sandwiches. This is perfect. Yeah, and we've got, like, the, the inserts showed the gameplay, which looks kind of like typical standard peak Super Nintendo graphics Yeah, with uh, command menus. I like the Fog of War, which apparently is like, like usually in a highlight area, like when there's like a little spotlight, there's like a little area that's lit up. But then they have a weird Fog of War, which is like the area that gets lit up is a question mark, which is odd. Where are you looking at? Uh, like, just above the the fat kid, to the left, to the right. 
where it says action buttons. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now I see it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They've got a highlighted question mark there for some reason. Yeah, the, the, the whole area is dark. The only part that is illuminated is a question mark of illumination around the middle of the screen. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be illuminating anything in particular. It's just... So we've got Dino. So apparently Alvin is Dino, who is a rascal, but he has a heart of gold. Jack and Max usually let him take the lead when they're out exploring. With his baseball and glove in hand. Oh my god, this is like an extension of Star Tropics. If it was like <laughs> an, RP, an RPG. His baseball and glove. He can bonk enemies and hit switches to open doors and activate machines. Mm-hmm. With the running shoes, he's known to dash at super speed. Yep, Star Tropics just trading out that bat for a, a baseball. Yep, and, and then you've got a Jack, the cleverest of the trio, loves to tinker. If he can find the right materials, he can make complex items like a remote control for the robot. What robot you say? Who knows? Who cares? He loves to fish, and is if equipped with the boots, he can perform a super jump. So he's tall, lanky, and he can jump higher than the main character. He's the Luigi. There you go. Tell us about Max, Mike. Oh, Max. The big guy who apparently he can swim like a manatee. <laughs> Max is not just stout, but stout-hearted as well. He loves sports, and his soccer and swimming skills will come in handy. Okay, seriously. Guy, no, fuck you. If, if, he's, if he's playing soccer, he's the goalie, and that's it. Yeah, he's stout, but he's got extreme athletic skills. I mean, what is he, Andre the Giant, but just seven feet shorter? I mean, what is this? <laughs> he's like one of those. He's like one of those people that claims that they can be fit but fat. Yeah, he's the strongest of the group, and with a boxing glove, he can deliver a knockout punch. Okay, so he's a heavyweight boxer. Yeah, and a soccer goalie, and he's basically a dugong. The. Like, despite his size, you do not want to get stuck in the water with this guy. All right, fuck this game. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm off of it again. <laughs> Let's move on to the strategy section. Ah, Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals. I remember playing this game. I enjoyed the hell out of it. And it was like a precursor. I like before, While they were still developing Pokemon, because apparently like in the early 90s, they tried to do uh, Pocket Monsters. Yeah. But it was just so full of flaws that nobody would support it. But clearly somebody in Japan heard the concept of raising monsters that will fight for you. Yeah. So they thro- they incorporate that here because you get monsters in capsules that you will feed and train to fight for you. Yeah, sounds familiar. So obviously while there was talk going around, someone's just like, Okay, well, we're not going to have actual bugs and shit, but we can, like, I like this concept of putting monsters in capsules. And Satoru Iwata is clearly just like, hey, look, man, like, you didn't put the game out on time, so you just get, you just keep working on your Game Boy thing, and other people are going to rip off your idea. Because, of course, I have to talk about it with some people. (laughs) That's right. And so the Nintendo Power is picking up right where it left off in volume 90, answering. FAQs and sorting out some of the tougher puzzle rooms in the game. Man, so. if we actually play this game, it would we uh, would at least we know what level, what issue to look at for telling us how to get the submarine, the airship. 
and how to head to Narvik and Doom Island. And I'm maneuvering blocks to cover all switches and some shrine. God, this game looks neat. Wow, this is a lot of coverage. It is a lot of coverage, but I, I, I it's got that same t uh, design in the background of the uh, guide part where I'm trying to read through and my eyes just keep going to this graphic in the background instead of the the font that I'm supposed to be reading. I, I hate when the when Nintendo Power does this. <laughs> this makes uh, it unreadable. Yeah, a solid color so that our eyes can just, they don't have to constantly adjust, that they just are adjusted. That yeah. would be so great, thank you. Yeah. But it does tell you what the HP level, what the HP is for several bosses and the recommended level you should be. So it lets you know like how long you should be grinding, which is great. Yeah, no, I mean, the actual information here looks informative. I, if I was a person playing this game, I'd appreciate having this section. So anyway, and let's move on to classified information. Keeping it solid with the chips. Got a nice chipset going on with the uh, embossed circuit background telling us about NBA hang time. How to find hidden and duplicate players. So basically, if you played Mortal Kombat and thought, wow, I wonder if all these basketball players had their own smoke and Ajax equivalents, what would I what would I have to do to get those? Yes. So if you want... And we got Matumbo, whose yeah, we, pin is 000. We got Matumbo. We got Weber. We got Ewing. And then we got Nobud, Jigger, which sounds like a racial slur. <laughs> Patif. Yeah, moving into my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Combat with a K, Mortal. <laughs> Monday with a U. Yeah. I, I, I like some of these, these codes. Hardaway. Sure. Which is like Hardaway, but... Yeah. Uh, and then the mask... If you're having a smoking time with the mask for the Super NES, you'll love this cheat code. On the option screen, press A, B, X, Y, L, R, L, R, A, A, B, something. Not like that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't take my code for it. Read the magazine. Or go to GameFAQs, which is the reason why this magazine died. If the code fails, turn your Super NES off and before you try again. Infinite lives. Alrighty then. That's from East Ventura, not the mask, but okay. Well, you know, it was a Jim Carrey exclusive. He actually brought that in from his stand-up. So we got Maui Mallard with code words, which I don't know how people find these things because <laughs> these aren't words. Yeah, S-X-G-D-L-J. Or Fembit. Yeah. If you have infinite time, we can figure out what some of these passwords are. Uh, I won't tell you Tetris what. Tetris attack. Yes. More more random characters. Now we got now we, it's not just like random letters. Now we've got question marks and exclamation points. Uh, we've and got then, a killer uh, instinct codes. You can play as gargos. You can have new colors on your uniform. You can even go straight to the credits. And then more classic teams for Madden NFL, the Oilers. Wasn't that a uh, wasn't that Edmonton's hockey team? 
Uh, yes, but in football, in the NFL, there were they were the Houston Oilers way back when. Just, well, I guess Houston, being a Texas team, would have oil fields, so I guess there would be an Oilers. They moved to Tennessee and became the Titans. Uh, so. And Super Mario RPG telling you where to find 8-Bit Mario and Link. Yep, that was great. Link had a nice appearance, but he was sleeping. I had no idea. And you got Might and Magic 3. Might and Magic 3, uh, Portal Passwords, a number of readers requesting more special teleporter passwords for the game. And they give them to us. You can go. Hey, actual words. Yeah, the passwords now are Fire, Freeman, Sea Dog. So. Things you can actually remember. Red Hots. So apparently, like, one of the... uh, If you want to get to Blistering Heights, you just have to remember the uh, the spicy candy from the corner store. They got special moves for the Mortal Kombat trilogy. You had Decapitation, Fireball Power Punch, and so on. Hammer time. But we got... We got... Yeah, we got Khan... Only having one fatality, but one is all he needs as he as he whips out a Harley Quinn style mallet and just crushes the fucking head right off of you. Ah, and Star Wars trilogy showing us more of the epic Super Nintendo Star Wars games and some of the uh, the Game Boy Star Trek game Star Wars games. Not so great. Yeah, is Luke a full Jedi? Can Han Solo be rescued? Are you brave enough to confront Vader in the shadow of the evil Emperor? All is revealed in Super Star Wars Return of the Jedi. And not so much is revealed in the shitty Game Boy versions. (laughs) My goodness. A game for true Jedi warriors, because only a true Jedi warrior can deal with this shitty level of graphics. Oh, like when you go through the the asteroid field, which is like three rocks. (laughs) Or you go around Tatooine with uh, little drawings of what must be a a speeder, but just looks like a a blaster or something that's... I don't even know what that is. I don't know. When you're going through uh, on on page 69, you get to see when you're collecting the eight shields, it looks like Luke is actually, like, walking around with, like, a, a bubble wand. Like the kind that you would like be in your backyard and make like massive <laughs> bubbles with. Yeah. Either that, or it's a fishing net without the net. That's not a moon. It's a bubble wand. <laughs> I'm gonna take uh, out this. What was it? What were those bad guys on Tatooine? The Tuscan Raiders. Thank you. I'm gonna take out this Tuscan Raider with my trusty bubble wand. I'll be back and with bigger numbers in bubbles. <laughs> Oh, well. They got some nice uh, drawings of the Star Wars world. And they've also... (laughs) For um, Princess Leia, if you're seeing the Star Wars Return of the Jedi, I forgot with Princess Leia. Her her attacks on page 72 is basically her in her her slave outfit doing the hula. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I don't know what she's swinging there, but... <laughs> yeah, she is scantily clad, for sure. Her name was Leia. She was a dancer. 
with a bagel on each ear and Darth Vader drawing near. I, I like the uh, picture up on uh, page 72 of Lando. He's kind of looking over at Leia. He's like, damn, girl, you fine. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that there, but I don't yeah, remember that from Leia. the poster. You know, that or he's looking at Han like, I'm just waiting for you to fuck up, and I know you. You will fuck up. I like how uh, over these uh, handful of pages, they space it out so it doesn't make it quite as obvious that they've covered the shit out of this game. <laughs> A Nintendo 64. Power Surge. Nintendo Power has covered Super Empire Strikes Back more comprehensively than any other video game magazine. A total of eight issues featuring tips, strategies, and codes. Volumes 52, 53, 56, 58, 59, 61, 86... 60. Then they have uh, more in 65, 67, 75, 77, and 80. Oh my goodness. Uh, they were pounding this hard. Three Leia's in one game Leia the Hut, Leia Bushi, and Leia Bush, and Rebel Leia. And we get to see the, uh, the shockwave as the last stage of Super Empire is Han when he blows up the mullet. The, uh, the Death Star with the Millennium Falcon, and you get to run like hell. I gotta say, the exploding base. I gotta say, Mike, you let me down there. We got something that rhymes with douche that you've brought up two or three times this episode, and you didn't make a, a, a anal joke about Leia there. Oh my! Oh my God! Anal douches? Do they even have those? I oh, imagine you could just use it, but hundred percent, man. How do you think those porn stars manage? Well, that's like the front douche, not the back douche. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll get into that more on your new podcast about douches. <laughs> Let's instead move on to Top Gear Three Thousand. Even though your car might look like some kind of generic European-made high-performance sports car, it is actually supposed to be a futuristic, high-powered vehicle. Okay, so there. <laughs> Uh, all my nephews are here, so this is going to get fucking rowdy. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we're coming past an hour here anyway, so maybe we should just uh, speed through this game. There's not really a hell of a lot to say about it anyway. You can purchase it's upgrades a, in the game. It's a racing game. Yeah, it's a racing game. You can purchase upgrades. You can get bonuses. You got screenshots of, well, races and tracks. You got a versus mode. And we'll move on to King of 95 Fighters, or the King Didn't of Fighters really 95. Yeah, it must they, have been covered since it's from 1995. I, I, I guess. I, I don't... Got, uh, we've got Sailor, Sailor Happy Face with uh, Pirate <laughs> on one side and M. Bison on the other side. Either that or a Nazi. World War II in one graphic. We got the Italian guy, we got the Japanese girl, and we got the German Nazi. But how about the players poll? God damn, what do we have for second, for third prize? We got the usual 50 Nintendo Power shirts. And then the second prize, we got Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey, three N64 controllers, and four Nintendo controller packs. 
I have no idea what this thing was since I never used it, but apparently people, these are, these are pretty awesome. <laughs> they save cartridges things. And a grand prize, the NHLPA and NHL present Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey Arcade Game. And if you just can't take that on the go or take that to your friend's place, you've got the Nintendo 64, which you can also win. Oh, man, you get an arcade and the home version. That is pretty damn sweet. That is. Three extra N64 controllers in the colors of your choice with four controller packs. So a pack for each controller and a controller for every pack. That's pretty good, but I, I got to say I'm a little disappointed. Uh, these usually involve, like, heading to meet Wayne Gretzky, you know, attending a game with him and getting all of his games. They're, they're, uh, you know what? I, as much as I'd like to meet Wayne Gretzky, having a fucking arcade game in my house would be pretty damn sweet. Yeah, I, I can't uh, I can't fight you there. That was always a dream it's of like mine. You you could maybe take a picture if you carried in your pocket and be like, see, here's a picture of me when I was with Wayne Gretzky. And people would be like, oh wow, you went Wayne, well, you met Wayne Gretzky, but no one's gonna come to your house to look at the photo of you with Wayne Gretzky. But you're gonna have a whole bunch of people coming over to your house to play this fucking game. This is instant friend bait. Mm-hmm. One hundred percent. Unlike Mole Mania. <laughs> depicted on the next page, which looks like a cheesy 80s cartoon done in uh, Game Boy graphics. We got a mole with a hernia. <laughs> an Audi belly button there with... Oh, man. Uh, some sort of farmer, <laughs> I guess, behind him, ready to Yosemite whack him. Sam. Yeah, Yosemite, Yosemite Sam's cousin. Yosemite... Uh, Mon- Yos- it's Montana Max. Yeah, with a, either an axe or a hoe, but he's ready to... To chop the fuck out of that mole in front of him. He's ready to part this guy's hair. Okay, so this game, it looks kind of like Bomberman. Kind of Bomberman meets Adventures of Lolo. This game looks uh, very well done for a Game Boy game. Like, considering we've seen some Game Boy games with terrible screenshots that look like they're just, like, made of sand during an outdoor windstorm. Yeah, I have to give it to you there. Uh, Grading on the Game Boy scale... The graphics look pretty crisp and the colors are good. So if we ever play like a, a Game Boy game, which... Have we done a Game Boy game for the taste test? Wow, no, I don't think so. This looks like it might be an interesting little uh, nomination. It looks like it's got a nice variety of puzzles and levels. It's uh, like a lot of trouble with games is that when they go through puzzle games, a lot of the levels look the same or when you play... Uh, what was the game we did? Balloon Fight? Yes. Those levels are pretty much the same thing over and over and over again. Yep. This one looks... It's got like Link's Awakening level graphics. And it, apparently you fight different bosses. Like uh, um, one, one guy... The Sammy Brothers on page 88 look like you're fighting... Uh, like uh, a, a royalty-free version of a chain chomp. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. And you're fighting not a ripoff, a, not a ripoff, please, not a you're ripoff. Fighting a snowman on the next page. And uh, for stage eight, it looks like you're fighting the actual sun itself. <laughs> yes. Came down from that one level in Mario Three. <laughs> if you look in the middle. 
the bottom middle insert, it looks like there's this great graphic of you just beaning the fuck out of this caveman. <laughs> He's got like these these great derpy eyes, like like you just gave him a concussion. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. As far as graphics look. This game looks cool. I've never heard of it before. Mole Mania. But it looks good. Well, so we'll have to keep be. it under consideration. Uh, but for the counselor's corner, not speaking of looking good, we've got Captain Neckbeard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's a reason that they're only cropping him at the at the top there. You can you could tell. This guy's had uh, one too many pizzas. This guy's had one too many pizza chains. Oh, well. I can't throw any stones. This is how I look, too, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but why a neckbeard? Even then, this was the mid-90s. Like, even then, like, the neckbeard was still present. It's like, no, this this doesn't give you any definition. It just makes it look like you don't clean out your chins. Maybe he's a member of the, the bear subsect of the gay community. <laughs> Who knows? So he wants to tell you how to defeat Mortaro or how to you how do you create a combo? Yeah. Try adding different punches or kicks. And then we've got Kevin Kunzman or Kunzman, who uh, appears to be nondescript, a, a fairly a fairly decent dude. Nothing. Yep, no. uh, I'm kind of bored. Like, I, there's no defining characteristic for me to mock. Yeah, not so much. Just a little bit of strand of hair that's kind of out of place. But yeah, yeah very, a, very a lateral cowlick. Generic guy there talking about Donkey Kong Three. How do you read the flags on the map? How do you defeat the boss Barbos? Mm-hmm. Some nice screenshots from the game. And then we've got Larry Bell, who looks like he looks like the kid of Wallace Shawn, the guy from uh, Princess Bride. Okay. He's just like Mario 64, reaching the star on the haunt's roof. Inconceivable. Yeah, an aged version of that. Either that or he's the love child of E.T. and the kid. E.T. and Elliot had a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this guy definitely has like the uh, the Sicilian vibe to him. Like, how do I break the walls in Wom's fortress? How do I take Asia in a land war? <laughs> yep. And where is the metal cap? Answers to these questions and more. And then we got Castlevania Two: Belmont's Revenge. As directed by Jonathan Stein, who eh, looks like an okay dude. I can't help but feel he looks like he looks like a teenage version of Adam Carolla. Yeah, this is what he did before Carolla got into podcasting. Okay, so what you do here, if you want to defeat Camulo and Nimbler, you got to use these tridents. Now, they're not going to jab you, but you're going to watch out for their lethal energy blasts. Ziggy zaggy ziggy zaggy dark side oi And now the arena. Put on your best game face. Oh my fuck, Mario has seen some Eldritch horrors. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awful. 
<laughs> that that looks like a cross between Bowser and Mario. Oh my god, it's like if Mario was in the waiting room in Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yeah, that level of graphic. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. You know what this is? Mario Momo. <laughs> no, no, bad, bad, bad. Uh, there's other challenges, but they're not that great. Now we can get to the now playing with the Mario 64. Mario, Nintendo, 96 megabits. Wow, you're playing with power with this <gasps> one. Amazing. Once you've it's... carted this racer home, you'll need to install seat belts on your couch. Great fun, four-player action, excellent graphics and play control. However, individual screens on the four-player mode are too small to see details on small televisions. So in other words, go big or go fuck yourself. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then they've got Mole Mania. Mole Justice is served at long last. Rejoice! That's no varmint. That's Digger D. Mole. Oh my god, that name could have been so racist. <laughs> yes, it's a good thing he's yellow and not some other color. It's got excellent puzzle action, lots of challenge, a two-player mode, a battery, and Super Game Boy enhancements. Unfortunately, it's got an uneven mix of easy puzzles and brain busters within a single level. Oh, so it'll look easy and then curveball. You gotta think, motherfucker. King of Fighters 95, two years late to the table. <laughs> but we got Tiny Fisted Ferocity for Game Boy Fighters. And however, we got good two-player action, Super Game Boy enhanced. However, it is too easy as a single-player game. All right. Got to find the friend that wants to come over and play Game Boy games with you in 1997. All right. Moving on to Looney Tunes. Sunsoft classic WB Toon Romp for Game Boy returns. Before there was Space Jam, there was Looney Tunes. It's got good graphics and play control, although you'd never know it from the screenshot they show you. And it's not overly challenging, so yeah, better left on the shelf. No, 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 I can tell it's Yosemite Sam and Daffy Duck, and apparently they're playing inside Scrooge's money bin because everything is golden. <laughs> Yeah. So, man, you know that they are entering a fucking drought when we're reviewing two to six-year-old games. Because or the this Game, game Boy. Yeah, Castlevania Two, originally released in 1991. They are so light on N64 games because there aren't many being made, and they, they apparently they stopped making Super Nintendo games a little early. Yeah. They can't review those. Because now we got to review a game from 1991 for the Game Boy. Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge. And that says, our blood-sucking vampire's getting you down. Fight back with this classic pack. Good graphics, good play control, medium challenges. However, more of the same Castlevania action. No innovation. Well, it's hardly a negative. I mean, if you like Castlevania action, you want to walk around, you want to whip shit, there you go. You can whip it good. I guess they're saying it's got the Mega Man 6 syndrome there. So, next game, Super Empire Strikes Back. Really, we haven't covered enough of this game, so we're going to include it here. <laughs> There's a little something for those days when you feel like a Wookiee. I did Some it all days for the Wookiee. Uh, the Wookiee. Uh. Uh. Great graphics and sound. Involving. 
<laughs> I, I, I don't know if they meant something different there. Well, you Just the single word. And stick it up your... <clears throat> stick it up your... <clears throat> stick it up your... <clears throat> Play control could be touchy, and it's an uneven challenge. Ah, Super Return of the Jedi. Oh, where we're doing this. So your mother was an Ewok and your father was a Bantha, and we got a game for you. Beautiful <laughs> graphics, great sound, a great Star Wars experience. However, true to form because they didn't learn anything from the first version of this game. Twitchy play control and uneven difficulty. And then we wrap up this section with Top Gear 3000. Interplanetary racing comes down to Earth. If the idea of racing hot cars on alien planets appeals to you, then... Kemco's release of Top Gear 3000 for the Super NES should be good news. Granted, your car looks a lot like a 70s muscle machine, but it can achieve top speeds of 200 miles per hour. It's fast and easy to drive with lots of tracks. Okay, that's uh, every racing game on Earth. <laughs> Still, it's got a negative of a 19-letter password. Yeah, I think I'll pass. Yep. And we got the pack watch. We have War Gods, which is another shitty 3D fighter. Doom 64. Well, not so shitty. This game looks hella sweet, actually. Yeah, it does. And then we got Kirby Star Stacker, which is Yoshi's Cookie with Kirby shit. <laughs> game & Watch Gallery, which looks kind of okay, except it's on the Game & Watch. Or is it the Game Boy? Another Nintendo Game Boy offering, so it's on the Game Boy. Ga yeah. It's titled Game & Watch. Yeah, I'm it's assuming confusing. it's the Game Boy. Game Boy Gallery as oh, a yeah, sort of prize. It comes into a single Game Boy pack with Super Game Boy enhancements. Right. So it doesn't look like those Tiger handheld games anymore. The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is a bunch of... Uh, oh my god, it's not even like a, it's not even like a Capcom game. It's one of those stupid mini-game shits with, like, bowling, breakout, and, like, uh, the old 15-tile puzzle switch. Ugh. Ugh, oh, fuck that. Robotech yeah. Crystal Dreams. This looks cool. This looks like Gundam for the N64, where you're flying shit in space. And you get yeah. to see the Earth. Yeah, it's a pretty good pretty good design of the Earth there. I gotta add to them. Turok gets company. Oh, my God, the original Turok was a battle bot? <laughs> Yeah, nice orange battle bot. Then you got Link's Reawakening, the finest adventure ever made for Game Boy or possibly any video game system, returns this spring when Nintendo re-releases Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. And then they've got what looks like a copy of a copy of a copy of Griffey Baseball for the Game Boy. <laughs> oh my god, it's like an, it's like the special edition version, if by special edition you mean you enhanced it for the Atari. Oh my goodness. That's just awful graphics. Morador the 64. Mission of Impossible looking cool. It's looking the it's looking like what Goldeneye should have looked like. And then they got Mario Kart 64 challenges Japan. Players over in Japan locked in a competition for the national title of fastest carter. At over 5,000 shops, carters can get Mario Kart time trial cards and enter the competition by recording a time of 1 minute 30 seconds or less on the Mario Raceway track. Oh, apparently Timon and Pumbaa are getting a game for the Super Nintendo in the spring of 1997. I 
don't recall them getting their own game. Do you? <laughs> yeah, that one might not have come out. But they got lots of offerings for the N64. GoldenEye 007, Star Fox 64, Doom 64, and more. Uh, so many. But for the next issue, we will have Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Good, because we haven't heard enough Turok. <laughs> and Killer Instinct. Nope, haven't heard of Killer Instinct. Please tell me more about that. And Race for the Gold. Oh, goody, more Mario Kart coverage. <laughs> oh, my God. I think this is why Ben and John just bounced. <laughs> That's right. We're doing reruns of the this thing, issue. The only thing left on this podcast is me. <laughs> oh, man. Extreme conditions ahead. Dangerous curves. Construction ahead. Report violators. Uh, I'm expecting Chris, Han- Chris Hansen to come out like, Okay, so you want to do a uh, play Nintendo with these kids? All right, have a seat. They're coming. GoldenEye 007, Torok, Blastcore, Doom 64. Please well, buy our Nintendo 64. Please, please, please. Well, oh, and outside the- my door, so it looks like we'll have to wrap this up. This has been an amazing issue. Thank you for joining me, Ivan. Thank you for joining me, Mike. And if you want to hear more of Ivan, you can check out the Taste Test Retro Gaming with Flavor, wherever podcasts are found. And you get to hear us play games. And this one, and in the, the latest issue, you get to hear us talk about Balloon Fight. And if you want to hear me talk about stuff that isn't video game related, you can, tell, you can check out the Tech Chatter, the Tech Discussion podcast, where me and Rich talk about tech devices, tech breakthroughs, and amazing gadgets, devices, and developments in science. And if you want to hear about horror movies, you can check out the Graveyard Shift Horror with Sheldon and Mike and the Schlock Chatter podcast, which will be coming out. hasn't come out yet, but be on the lookout for it. And it will uh, feature me and Rich talking about just cheesy, campy movies. I look forward to hearing about that. Until then, I'm Mike. And I'm Ivan. And you've been playing with Power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing with power.